Hello, welcome to where I live with you, with like in the pork. I'm the pork. And I'm Blake, and we're coming to you from the filthiest storeroom somewhere in Civic. The location of which we will never reveal, will we? No. Blake and the pork. Blake and the pork. Blake and the pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the pork. So here we are. Episode 50. Episode 50. They said we'd never make it. I said we'd never make it. <laughs> you said you didn't want to do it. I didn't it. want to do it from the start. I only did it to get you off my back. And here we are at episode 50. All those times back in 2017, we were harassing me back at ABC before we did our separate recordings, saying we should do a podcast. And I was thinking, oh God, I can't get anything worse than doing a podcast. There you go. But you harassed me. I've, a, I've either, and there's two ways of looking about this. I've either made you cool or... <laughs> irreparably damage your credibility as a sideline eye on uh, on ABC Grandstand. I, I don't think either of those things have happened. I, I'm still not cool. I'm never going to be cool and I'm cool with that. Um, as Lester Banks said, I am not cool. <laughs> it's just the way it's going to be. I am not cool. Um, and no, I don't think I had any credibility on the sideline either. So no, I don't think this has hurt. I uh, think what we've done is, you know, and I speak for Blake here too, is we found a lot of friends. Yes. Found a lot of friends out there. You're all strange. You know, you're weird, but you know, you're our friends. So, you know, welcome to the club. Making us the third most popular podcast on, on the internet. The third but, most popular podcast. Uh, Raiders. Raiders, Raiders specific. Raiders podcast on the internet. But you know, I've discovered something on iTunes the other day. When you search Canberra Raiders yeah. as a podcast subject, yeah, we don't come up. So I, I, think, we need, I think we need to work on our SEO. I think we, we need, to, need to work on our title too on SoundCloud where it says a new podcast because we're not anymore. It's okay. 50. We've, yeah. we've raised can, the bat for the half that. century. I can fix that. Yeah, yeah we, we, need, we need to fix that. But um, we're coming to you with the uh, dubious support of the Greenhouse, um, Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the interweb. Get out there and get engaging. It is number one. Make sure you vote for your players of the week. It is very important. Four-way tie this year. Let's remember that one. Um, and we're also brought to you with the cash money sponsorship of Land Speed Records. Come in and get your vinyl, your CDs, your T-shirts, your posters, your clothing, all sorts of paraphernalia that you might want for people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, it means you love the Canberra Raiders or you're a very, very strange individual. Or both. Yes, I'd say both is the most likely scenario. We also should point out we're actually not in the, uh, the filth of this story. Yeah, but that's what the boys wanted to say. They wanted to talk about the filthiest storeroom. So, but uh, yeah, so we... the sounds a bit different. Mm. It's a lot cleaner. Yeah, and the rats are definitely down in number. Yes, and we're back at my house where there are snacks as well. So snacks, yeah, and I have water and stuff, and, and I'm not sitting on a milk crate. Yeah, no pressed ham, no pressed ham. <laughs> no pre- oh, there's still pressed ham, but it's pressed in a different manner. All right, so the sharks. Funny game, wasn't it? I mean, mm, I found nothing funny about that game. Well. The first half... I lost my rag in the first half, got in a fight with my stepfather-in-law. It was great. The first half pretty much like went kind of the way that we thought that it would go. The Sharks would come out and they'd come out to spoil and they did a damn good job of it. And, really and we were really under the pump and going in at uh, 14 to 10 yeah. was very good under the circumstances great because if it wasn't for that intercept, moments before I thought we could be down... Um, 20 to 20 to 6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would have been a really hard way to come back. I mean, we've seen 
throughout the season, and the Raiders have done a lot against you know the lesser sides, and we, I'm including the Sharks yeah. as one of the lesser sides. Uh, we've been able to come over them in the second half. Yeah, that's and right. that was that was the way. But you know, moving forward, especially if we're going to make the grand final or mm. even win the grand final, East Storm and presumably the Panthers. Yeah, you got to play for eighty minutes. Oh yeah, and and what's more, you cannot afford a slow start like that. Interesting thing though was in all four semis, the team that lost came out of the blocks faster, and you know the Roosters got to a good lead. Yeah. Parramatta, every team that lost came out, got to a good lead, and then were We've reined in. Yeah, I look, and I, but I think now that the the rust is out, and basically, I, I don't. I mean, every single match was above forty points in scoring this week. In fact, I think every match was above fifty points in scoring. It was. Um, the, in fact, the lowest scoring match of the weekend was the Raiders and the Sharks with fifty two points scored in it. We had sixty six points scored between the Rabbitohs and the Knights. Uh, we had sixty points scored between the Storm and the Eels. And we had, uh, I think it's 57 points scored between the Panthers and the Roosters. And and I just can't see that happening again this weekend. I mean, you've got the Roosters and the Raiders, and they both will be shutting down as much as they can um, and defending. And we've seen what they've both done. You know, the last time they played, how they played to each other, it was 6-18. There was literally one line break in that match, and the other tries came from kicks. Yeah. Um, and defence was at a premium, you know, and, and before that, the biggest score between these two sides going back until 2019 was um, round 10, where it was 20 points to 24 in the Raiders' favour. But apart from that... I think that's more I think that's more a scoreline we're going to see. I don't think we're going to see, like, one of those manly Brewster semifinals, you know, where it was, like, 6-4. Oh, and that, But those, those were... That was the real start of the rule changes that we see yeah. now. Because those were the times when a team like the Roosters would give away penalty after penalty after yeah, penalty. To hold in their own. In, yeah, and it's like, well, the Roosters are the most penalised team in the competition. It's like, well, that's by choice. By choice, yeah. yeah. And the other side in that year was also Manly, who yeah. was the other side who was doing that. And yeah. that's why we got such a slow, uh, low-scoring match, because the priority for both sides was not letting the opposition score. Now, obviously, that's still a priority, but the rule changes are not allowing you to be quite that yeah. cynical about it anymore. And also, even before... Um, the the, rest, the set of six restarts, they started actually putting people in because they weren't putting people in the bin. Yeah, either. that's right. right. Despite the fact we've been calling for it since 2013, myself yeah. specifically have been worked it out and said it and people laughed at me. They laughed at me. Some They're of them asked for a transfer. <laughs> Some of them said they refused to work under me, but I was right. Um, but the Raiders did grind, grind out that match, but they cannot afford a slow start against the Roosters because the Roosters will put them to the torch. But in that match against the Sharks, I thought for myself, three players stood out. Um, Joe Tarpane, again, I thought worked that, exceptionally that, hard. That try that he scored, the first try, is that's something really... He's one of the only players that can do it, but he's done it now on a, yeah. on a few occasions. He's unbelievable. He, he takes that challenge and he twists and he turns and he keeps running forward like a, like a young, thinner, fitter Steve Jackson. Yeah, yeah. He goes through twists and he turns, and he's going for that line, and 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 he just and he's up the challenge. I said to him when I interviewed him the other week, I said, "You're smiling when you get that ball," and he said, "I sure am." You know, it's it's the next challenge, and I'm looking forward to it. And I think when I see a bloke that size running towards me with a smile on his face, I'm scared. You know, yeah. I'm worried because he knows something, and you know, things are probably going to be bad. He's, very, he's had a great season. He's it's like good. you know, in Highlander, you know, with a Cargan, he's smiling when he goes into battle too, and it's like you know, it's not what you want to see. But he was great. I think George Williams did some huge plays in that match, none bigger than the intercept, which he clearly went for, saw coming, and went for. Yeah, 
and but then had the toe to outrun those players and score that try, which really... Thankfully, they weren't wingers that were chasing him. I mean, it was Scott Sorensen was, I mm. think, the main guy who almost got him. But no, he no, did. Katoa turned around. Yeah, but he's well, he was well behind him. I think Scott Sorensen was the one that was really closing in on him. But no, look, he's... He's showing all year. He's he's got some pace. He's got some pace, and he go. But that was that was ninety meters, and it was he was. He's got some pace, but he's also got the confidence to back himself and go for that. I mean, if you think of sort, a lot of halfbacks mm. would get in that position, and like a Ricky Stewart back in the day, they wouldn't really have the confidence. They'd be looking for he who can I that turn famous out. try. No, he passed the mouth. No, for New South Wales, Wales. Oh, yeah. that was an intercept. All virtually the same yeah. when you look at it. But yeah, when he got to the other side, I think they had to replace him. He was so shattered. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's, he he, he's quick, but he's also got that upper body strength too that means he can shrug as well, which is pretty good. Yeah. But the, the player that really, and I did call for him to lift, and I've been calling for him to lift. You, have to, be, you, have, to be, you have to be pleased after that. He was very good. He still has another cog to go, people. He has to lift one more cog. And he's got it. He's got a lift from... But Jack Whiten Whiten was outstanding. Um, And he did a couple of things to change that. The thing that no one's really focused on in that match, um, everyone's looked at his attack and how dynamic wasn't there. His defence, he crunched people a number of times and he he, he ground them out of the match. He actually ended up... um, They took him off with two minutes to go, which was well-deserved because the game was wrapped up and, you know... uh, Having two minutes off probably doesn't make a huge difference, but it was nice for him to get that acknowledgement, you know, of the crowd coming up early. But just before he'd been, Brett White came out and told him, took him off, he'd made another, like, ridiculous effort to chase down. Hmm. Well, he almost chased down the um, the winger when he took the intercept. Yeah. That was his last big... Yeah. And you could see he was ab- after that, he was absolutely cooked. But before that, yeah, there were... You know, efforts on efforts. That he yeah, was putting yeah, in they were, unbelievable. But some of the hard hits that he did where he drove people into the ground and they, they were running into a back line and they were thinking, oh, you know, I'll take a tackle and all of a sudden they're getting crunched like they're getting hit by, you know, Papa or JWA. Speaking of um, covering tackles though, the, the one from Chance oh. right near the end as well. He just stopped him in his tracks. That looked like a really dangerous moment that maybe the Sharks were coming back Yeah, and he just extinguished it. It was beautiful. And, but he keeps doing that and... While he doesn't quite have the attacking flair that we've seen in the previous season, his effort is undoubted, CNK. Yeah. Like, every week, he's 100%. And when he goes in for those, you know when it's one-on-one, and I don't care who it is, whether it's Tedesco, exactly. whether it's whatever, you know that there's a contest there. Yeah, you yeah. know he's not going to get swatted away. He, he is going to be something great. But, yeah, Jack Williams, uh, Jack Whiten lifted, but I still think he has to lift them all. Now, there was a, there was a great moment talking about Jack in that match where everyone's had some consternation and it's the, the Jack White and try where um, the Sharks have blown up. Said it should have been pulled back. Um, they wanted a challenge. We, we, look, we can we can go over this with a fine tooth comb and you can, you, honestly, style, you can make a case mm. why it should have been or why it shouldn't have been allowed. Mm. But um, if we were, by people saying, oh, the Sharks fans, you've got no right to blow up. If roles were reversed, we would be blowing up. Okay. This would be our like six again. No, no, no. What I'm saying is what goes around comes around and, and karma is a bitch. And the oh, thing course. is, in 2016, when Josh Papali made the big break through the line and just got pulled up short of the line and Baptiste got into halfback and should have passed right to Joey Leilua. And if he had, we would have won that match. But he didn't. He ran himself. And he ran himself because he knew straight in front of him a man who hadn't made marker, never was inside and was straight in front of the referee, Matt Checken was James Maloney, who was never yeah. on site. And he ran into him, and Maloney tackled him, 
and it ended up being a turnover instead of um, a penalty because Chequin didn't call it, nor did he sin bin it. And made sin bin, yeah. Um, in spite of the fact that the following uh, week that Chequin did it, he sin bin whitened for uh, an infraction 25 metres out for the line for a halt down, apparently. For and about, there was a full yeah, line formed behind him. So here's because... what I have to say to you, Shark. Payback's a bitch. Well, Personally, no. I thought you truly deserved to concede a try because Fafita had held him down, held him down. Initially, a six again was... Yeah, signaled, and then he kept on going, and he kept with going with it, and it turned into a penalty. There was nothing to appeal. Yeah, it was absolutely dead set there. So you can say, "Oh, we wanted to challenge it." There was nothing to challenge there. So otherwise, he did it, and yeah, you can't. Otherwise, you'll never have a quick tap because they'll straight away someone will say, oh, "I want to challenge it." The you only know, thing he did wrong in that was I don't think he tapped it with his foot. No, I know. We we noticed that at the ground at the time, and we we're like, "Well, I hope they don't ping him on that." But the the number one thing is that they said was he placed the ball on the mark. So he hasn't just grabbed it and run. He's placed the ball in the mark, picked it up and run. It's one of those things in rugby league, though. It's like you have to roll the ball back with your foot when you play it, except for the times when you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do this, except we'll allow... It's, it's one of those grey ones. But I would say the whole Karma Sharks thing and Sharks fans blowing up and saying that there was some sort of conspiracy to get the Raiders through the next week. Mm. I don't know to whose advantage they think that is, but um, I, certainly... If the grand conspiracy is going on in rugby league, I don't think they lead to the Raiders being successful. No, you know? I'm pretty but, confident they don't because otherwise the Raiders wouldn't constantly have had less turnaround time than teams they're playing. Exactly. Which is again happening this week when they've only got six days, whereas the Raiders oh, have seven. It's inevitable, isn't it? But the other one, the Sharks fans blowing up, I mean, they benefited from the, the famous, you know, seven tackle set against the Cowboys. Wasn't there two, a mm. couple of years in a row, oh, they yeah, actually, yeah. the Cowboys got dudded. Yeah. To the Sharks' benefit. So, yeah, we don't feel sorry for you, Sharkies fans. Yeah, suck it. Suck it. You know, that's just the way it goes. You know, I, I think we all appreciated you winning in 2016 because you hadn't done it before. But, you know, right now, I don't really care. We won, you lost. Suck it. And you would have lost anyway. That wasn't the difference in that match. No, the exactly. In that match end, was in the end, the Raiders were a better side than the yeah. Sharks were. And it was quite clear at the end that the Raiders and were a better side. Fafita really looked... He looked like the games passed him by. Yeah. He looked about all he could do is sort of just lay on top of people and squash people. And life support system for a mullet. He's a pub brawler now. Yeah, you know that's the way it comes. Uh, but now we come to our absolutely, you know, it's going off the charts for our favourite segment of the week. Ass clown of the week. <laughs> Who've you got this week, Blake? So, as I've said previously, you know, with with this show and ass clown, and and it, it's become the most popular segment. It's even overtaken the extended bench, believe it or not. Unbelievable. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand that. Sadly, who'd have thought? Uh, but I've said that I'm not going to be afraid to go after, you know, sacred oh, cows. No, not another sacred and, cow. And, you know, you, you, get, you always start getting really upset and worried when I point out that I'm going to go after someone. And again, I'm going after someone who is a member of the Raiders Hall of Fame. Unbelievable. This guy played over 148 games for the Raiders. Uh-huh. One of Ricky's best mates, Craig Bellamy. Absolute ass clown. And you know what's upset me this week about Craig Bell? I mean, everything bad that's happened or annoying or stupid or awful just about that's been introduced to rugby league mm. over the last 20 years, Craig Bellamy has had his fingers all over. Mm. You know, they'll always say that he's not the one that tells them to do the various wrestling tactics and everything else. But it, it's all it's all coming from him, I have no doubt about it. And the, the latest one we've seen... And during the week, the Sharks got fined. For the, the going down, the um, Salisi Vunavalu going down with the cramp. Mm. When, the, when Parramatta were on a roll, straight away, he goes down with a cramp. This is an obvious spoiling tactic, which is 
so just on brand for the Storm. And uh, yeah, they got fined and rightly so. And I was very pleased to see because if you think back to the time that they last played in Canberra, round nine, they actually twice players went down oh, yeah. with strapping. When So we had forced a, um, a, a repeat set. The first time it was um, Jesse Bromwich went down and you know spent three minutes getting tape applied to his leg. Mm-hmm. So they had all the time in the world to get refreshed, recover. We lost all the momentum we had of gaining a repeat set of six. So they did it once in the first half and then about 10 or 15 minutes later, they did it again. Well, they tried to do it again with Riley Jacks going down after the um, dropout had been given. And then it was Grant Atkins said, no, no, you can't. Now that you've actually, we've already awarded, you can't now go down injured and get taped. You've got to go off the field. And Cameron Smith absolutely blew up. So Storm and all your tactics and specifically Craig Bellamy, you're my ass clown of the week. Ooh, big, strong ass clown there. No questions asked. Well, okay. And well, I, 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 I think the way to get over I think the way to get over a lot of these things is the trainer signaled for play to stop, and that is what the referee has to go for. When it turns out the trainer has signaled play to stop for a um Cramp. cramp or something that is not an emergency medical like you know we've got a compound fracture here or someone's dislocated yeah. there you know where you really need to get on then that trainer needs to be suspended for a number of weeks that okay. trainer then needs to actually be said you know like uh, Travis Toomer you're on the field where you shouldn't have been you got a ball to the head you are now not allowed to be an on-field trainer for that side for 10 matches and it will make them think heavily about what they're doing. Can we just preemptively ban Alan Langer for the next season? <laughs> well, I, no, I think I think Alan Langer being on the field for the Broncos is everyone's favour. I think he has made sure that the Broncos have halves have developed. I would be very surprised. He's made sure that the Broncos... Kevin would knife his mate, Alfie. He has made sure that no halves have developed their skills at the Broncos since he's been there because he keeps telling people what to do and they don't develop their own style. Anyway, I have asked Clowns of the Week. In fact, I have two. The first two I want to talk about are Wade Graham and Andrew Fafita blowing up about, uh, oh, we wanted to challenge that decision. Blow it out your ass, boys. Andrew Fafita, you gave Wade the clearest bloody penalty. You were definitely holding up. Wade Graham, you came running in from an offside position to talk to the referee when the ball was being tapped and then you were stunned when they went through. Sucked in, your ass clowns. But the ass clown of the week I really want to go after is Ben Cummins. Now, notably, he hasn't been selected in a match this week. But it was flagged that he might, we might get him. But again, he signaled six again and retracted it. Well, challenges, like on multiple occasions, he got multiple things wrong. And and you you can just say to yourself, you do it once in a match like that with Jared Sutton yelling at you, you got it wrong. Which was Jared's fault. It was Jared's fault. It wasn't Ben's fault because Jared should have kept his mouth shut in the grand final. That was Jerry Sutton all over that. But if you do it again, Benny... You're just an ass clown. Did you notice? I don't care you're from Canberra. You're an ass clown, and you're the ass clown of the week. He is. Uh, never liked him. Um, did you notice in the game against the Sharks? It was late in the game. We had a kick that was charged down, mm. and it, the ball rebounded back to us. And um, Grant Atkins took a long time to signal six again, which made things very difficult for us. And I noticed that when he just prior to him signaling six again, he did the old press his hand on his ear. Because he was obviously waiting to get the six again call from the. Oh, that makes Grant Atkins smart given the circumstance, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I did notice that. Um, now another another uh, segment that uh, has gained great popularity is who's got a lift? Ooh. And you know who's got a lift? Whole damn team has got a lift. You know, Jack does need to go that extra cog. You still got to lift, Jack. You still got more to go. You still got to squeeze more blood out of that. But the whole team. 
Guys, you cannot afford to get away to a start like you did last week. You have to come out and you have to hit these guys until they see green. As the song goes, you have to (laughs) absolutely muscle up. You have to not let anyone through. And you have to impose yourself on this match to make sure the Roosters are on the back foot. Because what we have seen is they get off to fast starts. And they nearly ran the Panthers down last week. Nearly, unlikely as it was, they nearly ran them down. Um, and yeah, okay, the last try was probably in junk time, but they nearly ran them down. The Raiders cannot afford to do that. They can't afford to have a slow start. They must, they must get off to a, a fast start, and that means they've got to lift. Every single one of them's got to lift. Jack, you've got another cog to go for, and Johnny Bateman, we want you to play three more matches in green, and we want you to win all three of them. If, if that had been uh, his last game in green, he really would have gone out with the... Uh... With a whimper, not a bang. I mean, it wasn't awful, but there were large... I mean, and obviously the ball doesn't go out to that side Mm. as much this year. But yeah, he was barely noticed. I actually took the who's got a lift question. I put it out to the Twitter Twitter arty. The Twitterverse. And um, so there were three options. Who's got a lift? John Bateman, Jordan Rappiner, or the Pork. Because every every time we do a poll, we just put you in there anyway. Right. But... for once, you didn't come out on top of the poll. So it's John where, Bateman. Where did I come? He came last. Excellent. 18%. 18%. So John Bateman, 50%. Jordan uh, Rappiner, 32%. Mm. And so some of the responses were uh, Mitt Mac, everyone has to lift. Uh, Edges need smart uh, defense again. Croker and Kotrick need to lead by example. Yep. Herman, 2013. Don't worry, Bateman will lift. Bob Reed. I still love the guy, but geez, there are some days where you don't even notice that Bateman is on the field. I know there could be a number of physical and personal reasons for it, but last year when you, you knew, or you always knew when Bateman was playing uh, and he was merciless. Mm. Adrian Gomes. Yeah, agreed. Some poor reads definitely from Raps, who should be on the wing, and Kotrick center. And to be honest, John is a shadow of the player he was last year. Been good moments though. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it's basically, the concerns were uh, involvement. Mm. from John Bateman and maybe some of the defensive reads from uh, Jordy Raps mm. and he has aggression which is good mm. but sometimes aggression when you try and be too aggressive and oh, you, yeah, yeah. you try and come out and make too much of a if hit if you come out and make the hit yeah if, if you don't if make you, the hit well you look like a fool oh and tries get scored yeah more to the point and, and the number one thing we need to do is not let the tries in but the number one thing we also need to do is score the tries And the tries have to be scored. And that means there has to be drive, there has to be passion, and they really have to go for it this week. There can't be any of this stuffing around. Now is the time. Now is the time. It's like, you know, when Mickey calls out to to Rocky, Southpaw, now. Now is the time to Southpaw, guys. Yeah, cut me. (laughs) That's the time. Um, Now, let's let's, uh, look at the the sides for this week. I think that we have, I mean, and there's a lot lot of people tipping the Raiders. I don't know if you've noticed that, and they're suggesting that the Roosters may be a bit cooked, maybe they're at the end of their... And I, I'd love to believe this is all true. But yeah, we might people might be going off a bit early. But the general consensus is that we have plenty of points, which is weird because a few weeks ago we struggled to score points. Um, we have plenty of points and that we have more points in us than the Roosters. Look, last week the Roosters did not have a hooker. They had young, young Freddie Lussick standing out there you know he was going out there and god how many matches has he got under his belt that was his his fifth or sixth match playing at hooker against the side that was runaway um, minor premiers up against Coruscant who's playing without question his best football 
yeah. behind, Gun. you know, in front of a pack that is just, you know, it's got Fisher, Harris, Tamo, Martin, um, Kikau, and Yo. I mean, that's, and then coming off the bench, they've got Kate Well and Leoda and Tedovano. I mean, that's, that's something serious. else. Yeah, it's serious. They didn't have, you know, and their, and their pack's good, right? Their pack was really good last week, but it was Takiyaho, Waria Hargraves, Crichton, who was playing his best football that I've ever seen, um, Boyd Cordner and uh, Liu, um, play, locking it up. And then coming off the bench, they had Tupanua, Collins, Butcher and Orbison. That, that's quite impressive, but they didn't have that, that, that person there in Friend. Now, if Friend is back this week, which he is, and he's fit, that changes that whole paradigm. That changes the whole thing. So their, their front row was Takiyaho, Friend, Waria Hargrove. Second row was Crichton and Cordner, and then Liu locking it up. Now, that is as good as a pack going around, you've got to say. You've got to admit that's, that's the case. Then on the bench, they got Collins, Tupanua, Orbison, and they got uh, Sonny Bill a Williams. Passenger. And a passenger. Um, I, that, I, I will not be surprised to see uh, Nat Butcher come in for Sonny Bill Williams. That's what I'd be doing right now, anyway. I don't. It's probably in Sonny Bill's contract that he has to play, but um, I would have. I'd be more worried if Nat Butcher was there. I absolutely. I don't see. I didn't. I haven't seen the value, that, and I know he's got it in him. So he can, any moment he could come out and explode and do something amazing because we know he's had it in it. But I haven't yet seen the value. He's not a prop. He's not a second rower. He's not a lock. He's not a five eight, and he's not a centre. What is he? Yeah. And I don't, NRL, I don't know what he is. The NRL, especially in 2020, is just not the competition for celebrity, yeah, uh, it's just, marquee, look, if, you know, senior circuit appearances. If he can suddenly figure out where name. he's at and he plays it, like he, if he can suddenly come out and do, you know, the Arthur Artie Beatson, you know, swan song match. Um, great, he's got that in him, and he does have some skill. I think he's just sort of roams around the field like a third half but I'm not sure what his defensive role is and he's not either and no. that's their biggest so I hope they're playing um, their back line is Flanagan and Kiri who Flanagan I think now has has taken the seven role he looks comfortable and his yeah. goal kicking is great Kiri is the best 5-8 in the game at the oh. moment Jack would be the only one I know one. a guy Jack would be the only one other one contending with the ball Munster Munster's pretty damn good too I'd and, have, and I'd have Cody Munster. Walker's gone off like a frog <laughs> in a sock too I guess um, so there's a few yeah, there's a couple out there. Anyway, like all the five eights left are actually one thing. All the sides left have got in common. They're good. <laughs> well, no, is they've all got absolutely fantastic five eights except Parramatta because yeah. Dylan Brown's still injured. Oh, is he still no, injured? he's back. Is he back? Well, he played, but he's he, he's, he's a kid. But um, yeah. he's 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 going to be good. In the in the centres, we got Manu, Joey Manu, and Josh Morris. Um, that's a great <laughs> centre combination. On the wings, you got Brett Morris and Danny Tupo. That's fantastic. Jimmy Tedesco at the back. Look, it's not as good a season as he's had, but he's still James Tedesco. The, the oh, bench yeah. is he's Collins. The he's the player that there's... If I look at that team, there's probably three players I fear. Uh, Hargraves hasn't been his best, but you know I still think he could come out and absolutely... Uh, I'm scared of Takiyaho as well. Yeah, well, he's more. He's really consistent, isn't he? He's yeah. really good. But, but JWH is more the guy that can really... Step up and, and rip and tear, yeah. you know. But I'm scared I, I, of Kiri. I'm scared of Tedesco, but I'm scared of Danny too. Personally. I was going to say Daniel too. I think the biggest risk that we face is, um, you know, and look at the, the last time we played the Roosters, whatever it was, five oh, yeah. or six weeks ago. That first try that they scored was yeah. just so easy. Oh, and it was a, it was an aerial mark, you know, and he just and you like, know it's coming. Yeah, you yeah. Know, but it's hard to stop a guy who's 
you know, six foot seven, seven or whatever. Yeah, he and, and he's good with great hands and he knows what he's doing. Bring back Edric Lee just to go up against him. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so our front row is Soliola, Starling and Papali. Um, we got Whitehead and Bateman in the second row and Tarpanay at lock. That's a pretty damn good pack. Um, in the oh, hearts. I think our pack's unbelievable. It's great. Then we got Georgie Williams and Jack Whiten in the halves, which are doing really well. Then we got Jordan Rapiner and Jared Croker in the centres with Kotrick and Valame on the wings. Nickel Klockstad at fullback on the bench. We got Havili, uh, Dynamis Louie. We got Hudson Young and Hawira Naira. That is a hot bench. Like you, that's and that's how you know when a team is is a good side is when the guys that are on the bench are going to be able to come on, you know, and, and have a real impact. And, and, and they, look, they've got Lindsay Collins, Tupanua, Orbison, and Tupanua's Williams. Tupanua's gun. Well, I think Orbison's a gun too. Think of the position at this at this moment if. Jake Friend is still injured, and he might be carrying that injury in, which is a big risk for them because they don't have a backup. He looked, Orbison, I think Orbison was doing a lot of the dummy half service. Orbison yeah, yeah. can go into, into dummy and half, he, and that's where was, I put him. He didn't look great. He didn't look great. Yeah, but he'll do a job. And that's He's the thing. like Kevin Hardwick of the Roosters 2020, the most average player to play the game. Oh, got a lot of love for the boy. Anyway, but the two sides are fairly evenly matched, so can we split them on the extended bench? She's on the extended bench. CHN had very few minutes, didn't he? He did. It kind of suggests to you that Ricky wasn't actually comfortable to put him on the field until the game was won. Well, the question is, okay, so if he was going to lose, the extended bench for them is Nat Butcher, who I think is in definite chance of playing... Um, then you've got Daniel Fafida who's a prop he's only played four games so I doubt he'll come up then you've got Matt Icavalo who how many tries he scored in that winger. game? five tries? Icavalo scored five was that against the Broncos or was that? I can't remember I can't that. remember yeah. but he led a few he's, he's good at letting them in too uh, and then you've got Adrian Lam, uh, Lachlan Lamb who's, uh, who's out there he's, uh, he's got 11 games so the Raiders on their extended bench um, have uh, Sammy Williams Captain Sammy who you know we know can step up and do a job. Matt Tomoko, who doesn't have many games on the bench, uh, under the belt, only one or two, but you know has got something. Got a lot of potential. Kai O'Donnell, who's played quite a few matches at the beginning of the season at lock. Now, he only played the first 20 minutes, but yeah. he did a, a good job. He can and he played and well a couple of weeks ago against the Sharks. But the player most likely for us, whereas it's Nat Butcher for the Roosters coming in, I'd say Michael Oldfield's the most likely to come in and come in there and perhaps uh, Valame leaves the side and Rapana goes to the wing and Oldfield goes into the centres. I look at our team and I think, you know, it's a damn good team and it's, it's the best team that we could pick based on who's available. Mm. Uh, yeah, the only... I'd like, I'd like Ryan Sutton back and I'd have him instead of CHN, but yeah. No, no, but I'm saying because he's not available now. I'm yeah, saying no, based yeah. on who's available, it's the best team. Uh, the only question mark is, yeah, Semi, you know he's going to get targeted. Yeah, he is. You know and, he's going to get targeted. And he's getting better and better every he week. Is. And he's a lot taller than one thinks. He is. So, and, you know, that might just get him in there because, you know, he's going to go in for the aerial contest, but... You know he's played. He's, he's, he's played. listed as 182 centimeters, which is not that tall. Looks but I'm sure he's than taller that. than that. I'm, I'm saying I can't believe he's that. He he looks taller than that. Yeah, 182, five eleven. Well, uh, another reason why I'm thinking Michael Oldfield is is the guy Michael coming. Oldfield's in. tall, isn't he? He's six foot one. So you know, but Danny Tupo, well, he's he's a bit taller than that again, and um, you know. Danny Tupo's a big unit. He's six foot five at 196 centimetres and 105 kilos, and he moves like the wind blows. So He's had a good season. If he doesn't um, get back into the New South Wales side, 
this I don't year, know I'd why. be very surprised. And and the, the the key here too is, and I know I've said it a number of times, I still thought he was a red hot chance for the Clive Churchill last year's grand final. I thought without him on the field, without the effort he put in, the specific dirty runs he did to get them out of Too trouble. Bad. And he yeah, and he did it again and again and again when they were trapped and he was the one making the, the fifteen, you know, twenty metre yeah. runs. Where if he doesn't make those, they're kicking from twenty five or thirty metres out and the Raiders are just knocking on the door at the end Brett of every Morris set of six. Diffused a lot of bombs, didn't he? Because we were basically kicking the Morris all game because we didn't want to kick to we didn't want to kick to Tedesco and we put it down to their wing. Tupo. But Daniel Tupo's dirty runs out of there, I, I Everyone said, oh, JWH and why should have been Jack White. And I, I thought the third person in that equation was, was uh, Danny Tupo. I thought he was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And I, I think he's one of the players that worries me because he just knows what he's doing. You know? And that's, I think that's where our weakness is at the moment, that Valamay position. You know, if we could get ourselves a Curtis Scott or a Michael Oldfield, you know, back there. Michael Oldfield, I mean, you could bring him in, but he hasn't played a lot of football this year and you know he in terms of finals experience mm. Semi Valame now has one game final experience I don't think Michael Oldfield has a whole lot of finals experience or big game experience at any of the clubs he's been at mm. Mm. well he did start with the Roosters let's not forget so you know he, he was back there and he may have played some finals with them I think he was then. at Manly before he was at the Roosters I think he started oh, he's, at Manly. he's been around he's been at, he was, yeah. we got him out of Penrith yeah. so um you know, but um, th- look, and this is nothing against Valame, but I, I would definitely be uh, running Oldfield if, if I had the if he's fit. That's, I think if Oldfield had come, had come back to fitness and was available for selection maybe a couple of weeks earlier, uh, it would have been more likely. I just think at this stage, Ricky is unlikely to, to bring him in. But we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what the great man decides. Yeah, well, because he is the great man. He's because. Uh, after 50 episodes of doing this podcast, I've now drunk your Kool-Aid. You're drunk with Kool-Aid. And I mean, when I, when I, when I first started, I was a bit of a Ricky knocker. You were a bit of a Ricky knocker. <laughs> but since then, I've drunk the Kool-Aid. I don't even have to refer to him by, by name anymore. I just say the great man. The great man. And you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, but I was that way the whole time. People made fun of, oh, he's his lapdog. You know, what's Tim doing? And it's like, I just know greatness when I see it. He came back and he has made this list and he's made us rele- relevant again. You know, it, it, that's, that's the big thing with Ricky Stewart. It's like, he hasn't... He's, he's earned his stripes. And, and all the haters out there now, they sound hollow when they come in hating because all the things they say about him, he's disproving with the Raiders. Oh, he can't do this, he can't do this. Well, he made this list. Yeah. He's created this side from scratch. He hasn't come in. He can't, no one can say Uncle Nick's coach, brought him a team. He can't coach halves. Well, he's done a pretty good job with Jack White, hasn't mm-hmm, he? Mm-hmm. Um, Oldfield has played three finals matches, all for Manly Ring between 2010 and 2012. There you go. Um, I told you it was at Manly. You did. With... The Ricky Stewart thing, uh, there was actually an article I read earlier today from um, your boss, mm. Tim Gable. Mr. Gable, yes. And he said that yeah, it would be time soon for um, the Raiders to start thinking about erecting a statue for Jack White. And I just thought, we got to get the Ricky one first, surely. Oh, Ricky statue is far in front of Jack White. I mean, Ricky one is, is clearly the one that's absent. I mean, when you actually think about it, you know... Mal's the great man, and he will always be the great man. He, de- he deserves bronze. And Laurie did a lot of stuff as a player on this the, the field, but when he left, he left. Yeah. Ricky... When he left, he started death running us. Yeah, and when... Oh, well, I don't know about that, but when he left, he left. Ricky got booted out against his will, never wanted to go. 
wanted to stay with his club and until the end. By got, that ass clown. Kevin Neal. Kevin Neal. Yeah, Terrible no. pub too, that in Dixon. It was, uh, I don't know if you ever went there. Just, a, it was just a, a horrific individual. Absolute, absolute rubbish pub. I, I can't say anything nice about him. You can't say anything nice about him. Um, although I did enjoy his profound success at the London Olympics uh, running the Australian swim team. Yeah, disaster, wasn't it? Did a, did a classic job there. Still Knox, <laughs> sponsored by Still Knox. <laughs> um, Ricky Stewart came back when the Raiders had just had their biggest ever defeat. We were at our lowest ebb. Pretty much at the lowest ebb. He came back and he worked hard and he stayed through and he brought us into relevance two seasons, you know, three seasons later in 2016. Who, who would have thought in, in 2013 yeah. that we would go on to win the 2020 Premiership? No, no one. No. No one would have thought it. And who, who was calling in 2018 when people's faith was lowest that we had to stick by via Rick and he would get us there and... and He's got us back to. He's got us back pride. And he's got us back. Oh, me boys! I'll take you back to the promised land. Yeah, and, and I know what it's about. And he does, and he does, and we just got to stick. Yeah, he's got his rough edges, and he's got some strange things about him. But you know what? There's been many times when I've been looking around the club, thinking, "Who loves this club more than anyone else?" Well, I don't have to wonder when Ricky Stewart's around. It's him. Yeah, he loves it more than anyone else. And I know a lot of people who really, really love the club. I'm one of them. Some of them listen to the show. Some of them do. But he's, he's, he takes us all out. So on you, Ricky. On you, Rick. Hi, this is Ricky Stewart. And if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish with Flaky Blakey. But I've got, come to a, a segment. I, I just want to talk about, you know, there are things that annoy me. And uh, you might say they, in fact, grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what grinds my gears, Blake? Preach. The Roosters. Yeah. Fucking hate the Roosters. <laughs> you bunch of silver-tailed, salary sombrero, bloody Uncle Nick zealots. You know, oh, we need to play. Oh, let's get that multi-international over there. We've got space under the salary cap. You know, oh. Well, you what? see that the, the latest one is the, um, they're, they're about to potentially, I'm sure it's a beat up, but poach... Joseph Suwali, you know, the young guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's a surprise bitter coming. Oh, it's not bloody surprise. It's just amazing, you know. Oh, we need a little bit of strengthening in our back line, you know. Oh, yeah, let's go buy Cooper Cronk and James Tedesco. Yeah, you can buy one superstar, buying two superstars and at the Luke same Keery. time. Yeah, and, and, having room under, Luke and having room under the cap. And you just think to yourself, how do you do it? How do you do it? Oh, and you know, oh, Josh Morris wants to play one more season with his brother, so puts the moves on Cronulla, who have to let him go in the end because it became toxic. And you just think, so that's just a crap way of going around business. And you look, I know you lay your cards out on the table. I know you lay your cards on the table, and there's Super Coach Robinson and all this and blood from stone, but it's all crap. It's all crap. You're a manufactured side. You got ten people to sit in the grandstand. You're propped up by a bloke who is stinking, filthy rich and wants to wants to win football matches. So he pours the bloody money into the side. And you know what? You grind my gears. I hate you. I hope you lose. I hope we grind you into the stinking turf. And I hope John Bateman has his revenge for last year's grand final by beating you this weekend, so you guys can see how it feels not to go out with a prelim, in spite of having a side that has absolutely been encrusted with, you know, how it can be under the salary cap, no one knows. I mean, I'm sure the NRL will find a justification for it somewhere, but I hope you lose. You grind my gears. I hate you. Go to hell. Tell us what you really think. No, I hate the Roosters too. But they're the team... You look at the two games, the, the, the teams that you inevitably... Fear and dread come up against mm. other Roosters mm. and the Melbourne Storm. Oh, Melbourne Storm. But look, pretty scared know, of the Panthers this year too, may I add. 
But well, it's think... not it's not the same because you're not used to losing to the Panthers as frequently and as often, whereas the Storm and the rest of that. But look, you know, the good thing about going to this game against the SCG is... Against the SCG? At the SCG, against the Roosters. Yeah. Is it, look, we know we can beat them there. We've beaten them there earlier this year. One of the most, you know, inspirational games of the year. Round 10, straight off the loss of Josh Hudson. Yeah. So we know we can do it. We know what's required. Yeah. There's belief in the team. There is. I think we can do it. Well, and the other thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, coming into the end of the season, we were a bit worried about our form because we were playing these sides that were struggling a bit and we weren't getting away with very big wins or we were losing in tight encounters. So on the run in, we had these matches where you were thinking, oh God, this performance isn't, isn't you know, very good. You know, how much we got, you know? So we played the Gold Coast Titans up there and we beat them 36-16 and it wasn't that convincing. The major thing that came out of it was the Josh Papali ankle tap. The Gold Coast went on a run before and after that. We, we actually beat them by 20 points at a time when the Gold Coast were, just went on this magnificent run of games where they were beating people left, right and centre to come, you know, they beat... Respectable ninth. Yeah, a very respectable ninth and people were doing it. Then the Raiders went off and we only beat Canterbury-Banks down by 34 to 20 and we're thinking, oh God, what's going on there? They beat Souths though, didn't they? Yeah, and then... Um, we lost to the Roosters 18-6 in a very good match defensively, but we just didn't have that attack. Dropped away in the, but also, we dropped away in the second half. Yeah, and we, we beat the hell out of uh, the Canberra, uh, out of the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Then we only just feel like just beat the Warriors in a really scrappy match, 26-14, where it turns out the Warriors were hyper-competitive, you know, and we weren't giving us enough chops. The Baby Raiders beat the Sharks, 38-28. Then we've come back from, you know... Uh, uh, a 14-4 deficit, a 14-6 deficit, to um, beat Sharks 32-22. So who's to say that we're not now in a run? And Ricky giving those nine players a rest two weeks ago. I think ago. the rest, I think the, obviously, and this is, you know, it's a really be, big thing, is yeah. that, that that could be huge now. Yeah, and, and, and let's hope it is. So what we're hoping here at uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork is that, you know, wrapping up episode 50 of this fantastic podcast, which is the third most popular on the interweb, brought to you by the Greenhouse and Landspeed Records, is that we'll be joining you again for episode 51 next week to That's talk about the match. So if we lose, is there no episode 51? Is that going to wait till next year? I'll, I'll probably be crying in my coffee somewhere, <laughs> I'd imagine. Um, but hopefully talking about, you know, uh, perspective, you know, the preliminary final against the storm. Against the storm. You know, that'd be pretty good. The Stinky Storm. The Stinky, Stinky Storm. Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And hopefully we'll talk to you next week. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Well, I'm just here to talk about... um the upcoming semi-final week two. So the Raiders will probably be nervous because they know they're a pretty good side with like Tedesco, all those players. So, But in round 10, what happened? We won and we didn't know we'd win. So I've still got confidence, but at the same time, I have no confidence. So I'm not really sure what to think about this, but let's hope we win.